Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy. All you gotta do is trust me. The number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy, Johnny G. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty studios is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. All right, back to the Nylabone. He has no time for the mic. You know who does have time for the mic? My guest today, host of the Smart Mouth Podcast. We got Catherine Spires in the studio. Yay, here I am. Finally made it. I still have... I'm practicing your last name and in that moment i was like you're gonna say it wrong no i could see the fear in your eyes <laughs> it was actually it's fun for me actually that no one can pronounce my last name right it gives me such power because immediately puts people like in the oh i'm so sorry right it, it is a kind of the one okay like judo flip in a social interaction when <laughs> yeah. you're like oh miss spears you're like spires and they're yeah. like uh, excuse me yes of yes. course right this way miss spires it it takes them off their game it's perfect i love it that's the perfect version of that you know what version of that i hate what like say we run into each other in like 18 months and i'm like uh i'm sorry i was like <laughs> hey Catherine, john nice to meet you and you're like meet you we did each other's podcast a year uh-huh. and a half ago and i'm like oh or you go what's my name we've met before and i'm like <laughs> who who wins in that situation everyone leaves feeling like shit right because you're an idiot and i'm humiliated that i'm not memorable Right, but then when you call me out on it and you're like, who am I? Yeah. Come on, you remember me. It's like, this is only going to be worse for both of us. Yeah, I think so. And I've been in that situation where someone's like, you don't remember me? Try and guess. And I'm like... I'm going to humiliate myself, but I don't care. <laughs> like, Do you I'm, forget people often? I, I forget names and how I know someone often, but okay. I always kind of can remember faces. Like, I'll okay. always be like, we've, excuse me, I'll always be like, we've wet, met before, right? And yeah. they're like, yes, I'm um, your <laughs> wife's coworker. We've I've hung out with you 20 times in the last year. You're like, copy huh. that. Huh. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. But I also, because of, I have a thousand different bullshit jobs. I meet so yeah, many people. Yeah, that's true. And I, I'm like, it's it's a little crazy for me to be like, I'm sorry, where do I know you from? Which one of my three podcasts? <laughs> and it's all low stakes. It's not like, right. I, I can't believe I forgot the head of UTA's name. It's like, <laughs> I'm never interacting with people of like, you better know their name. It's more just like, these are all my peers. And but I still your peers are going to be the heads of UTA one day. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> then maybe they'll fucking tell me the phone number over there. <laughs> Yes. Do you ever do those like what do you call them? Mnemonic devices? Mnemonic device. <laughs> I read a lot and I don't talk to a lot of people, so I'm the opposite. <laughs> I'm not sure. I know what the word means. I know how to say it, but if I read it, I'd be like, I don't know what this. I is. I know it actually starts with an M. M N. Oh yeah. Well, I only know it because of the Keanu Reeves film Johnny Mnemonic of the like ah. mid nineties. Oh okay. Yes. <laughs> the way I learned most things I know about life via pop culture, referencing it in another way. No, that makes sense. The that amount makes... of art and like history I learned from The Simpsons growing up is staggering. I I love that. Why not? 
Who cares where you learned it? <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly. As long as I know. <laughs> I got all my information from InfoWars. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. Okay, you're right. I take it back. I it take does it matter back. where you learn. Do you think Keanu Reeves listens to this podcast? Uh, he... Not he like cherry picks episodes. He picks people like okay. or topics that he, excites him. Okay. Yeah. Well, Why are you nervous? Uh no, I just want to say what's up, <laughs> Keanu. If you are listening, what's up, man? Yeah. I mean, I've seen almost every single one of your movies, and I love them all from fucking Point Break to Lake House. And I would like to marry him. Oh yeah, that's fair. I think I'm not I'd be against a great marrying wife him. to him in particular. <laughs> You'd be a good wife. Yes, <laughs> I'm very sensitive to his needs. I feel like to him specifically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to ask any follow-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it's rather thought out. It really is. I have a whole chart about it that I can present to you, Keanu. If... Uh, all right. We're in hour two of Spire's <laughs> PowerPoint presentation explaining how she's the future Mrs. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Uh, he's handsome AF and he's so, so talented. And he's such a kind person, like truly yeah. kind above and beyond, goes out of his way. You only hear better and better things about him. And then also he only seems to be getting more and more handsome. I think it's his kindness. His kindness is keeping him hot, really yeah. and truly. Have you noticed that I've, some people have put together pictures of him um, like taking fan photos with women, and his hands are never actually on the women? Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's respect. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm sure it's respect. In my head, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I just, I've been putting my hands on everyone, photo or not. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's very polite. It reminds me, for a while, the Avril Lavigne um, fan photos oh, were going around right. where everyone has a hover hand with her. Isn't that because she says, don't touch me? It's either that or like the awkwardness of the type of person who's a yeah. uh, young male Avril Lavigne fan. Yeah, that's young very true. Young skater boise. And she wouldn't want them touching her either. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, I don't want to touch people, but like when you do those meet and greet things, people well, want to touch. Yeah. And I, as someone who isn't necessarily, like I know now in our culture, a lot of people just hug automatically. Yeah. That doesn't occur to me. Right. I'm always like, oh, okay. I, I usually say, okay, I'm going to give you a hug right now. <laughs> I think I just did it to you when I you entered. You did. I was yeah. like, I'm going to give you a wet hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I give you a chance to pepper spray me. Yeah. That's, you're kind too. <laughs> you're kind too. You're uh, uh, aggressively hugged me the second I walked mm -hmm. in the door. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I do now realize that me, like, I didn't ever think of it, but like, I'm constantly hugging strangers. And I. Some people are into it and I realize some people aren't. So now I have to like, like when I meet someone for like the first or second time or uh -huh. like sh they hug everyone uh -huh. and not, and it gets to me, I'm like, I'm going to hug you too. <laughs> like I, I like announce it. So it's not exactly asking consent, but it's more a warning. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely more a warning. For I'm going to sure. try to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but it's what I do. No promises that I get anywhere near it, but I'm going to give it a go. Speaking of trying to fuck, awkward hugs, and learning from a TV show, yes. let's talk about our topic at hand. Yes. I'm so happy we're not talking about food, but we will maybe get back to it because Sex and City features so much drinking and food. Yeah, they go to a lot of restaurants. They go to, yes, you know what? There's not that much food featured, but they are at a lot the of restaurants. The things that they put on their plates, the things that they order, none of those women could actually be eating like that. Right. It's all set deck. Yes. It's all like, yeah, yes. I'll have the broccolini and a giant <laughs> fucking prime rib on a plate. Well, when they want to show that they're like cool, they go to pizza places and have yeah, like a right, slice like and take like one little bite yeah wow we haven't even said what show we're talking about oh okay but it should be in the title but we are talking about <laughs> satc yes sex and the city yes we are which i thought was sex in the city for so long of my life growing up i that enrages me <laughs> i hate that so much really yes yeah because <laughs> just look at it it says sex and the city right everyone needs to enunciate my god <laughs> Okay, so on your list of things that piss you off, it's the misnomering of sex and the city. Yes, um, yes. I fucking loved this show growing up. Really? I watched it. All, I liked it when I first saw it because I first saw it like under the auspices that it was risque in some way. Mm -hmm. When yeah. it was like, it was called Sex in the City. It was on HBO. Yeah. I'm a 12-year-old boy. This is perfect for me. It's just hot women talking. Wait. And then you watch like five episodes and you're like, I didn't see any sex. Maybe one Kim Cattrall kind of like uh, one sex scene, like Samantha sex scene. 
And then you end and you're like, oh, I'm just, I like this show. I'm not here for horny reasons anymore. Yeah. I'm here for entertainment. Absolutely. But like, under the, uh, as a 12-year-old boy, I got into it under, for the wrong. I have to say something here, though. You keep saying 12-year-old boy. Weren't you born in 1982? Yeah. The it... show came out like 98. 98. <laughs> yeah. 16-year-old <laughs> boy. You just like use 12-year-old as an excuse. <laughs> I was only 12. I didn't know anything. <laughs> Well, then I was 16 and I, oh, I you're right. And I, I should rescind uh, what I said earlier, state a formal apology and say, <laughs> when I was 16 years old as a male in 1998, uh, I had a very good head on my shoulders and I was making correct adult decisions you exclusively. Were, you were watching Sex in the City um, for feminism. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but <laughs> yeah. in hindsight, I would eventually. And then when I moved in with my wife, she got, she was a, also a huge fan. She was my girlfriend at the time she was a huge fan and she had the box set and this is nice. pre-hbo go nice so we had the big like loose site uh sex in the city dvd case yes and then i rewatched the entire series yeah, yeah. absolutely as a 23 year old male who is in it for the <laughs> horniness and uh, the uh feminism of it all <laughs> i'm a, a miranda head <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously do you have a favorite see that's that's hard because i it you it usually is Samantha, but I always end up liking Miranda too. This is the thing that I think happens as people get older. When we're younger, we're like, oh, that one's the fun one for whatever reason. And every reasonable person, as they get older, they're like, well, Miranda's the only one who made sense. Right. right. Well, also, you're like, if I was friends with Samantha after a while, I'd be like, honey, shut the fuck <laughs> yes. up. Yes. I'm like, Absolutely. Okay, I think this is bad what you're doing. Like, I'm pro uh, right. own your body or whatever, but... Really, it doesn't sound fun. <laughs> no, it actually sounds like you'd just be sore all the time. <laughs> right. uh, in college, I was like, oh, that's cool. Some women get to be like that. Now that I'm 36, I'm like, that's actually scary. The <laughs> amount of sex you're having with the different number of men. Yeah. That actually seems like you might have an issue that you might want to explore. Yeah, because she is like getting caught up in these guys too a little bit every time. I could never figure out if it was like a failure or writing actually with a lot of the show. I was like, can the writers, not, do they not know what they're doing or are they being mean to the characters? Because Samantha would always say that she only liked Dick and didn't care about the man attached to it. But right. then she'd get sad every time they dumped her. And she would have guys for like three episodes in a row all yeah, the time. Sometimes, or two episodes yeah. in a row. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wait a minute, you're under the like... Uh, am I supposed to start feeling bad for you? Do you want more? And are you not getting it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> are, you feeling, are you feeling underwhelmed by life? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. It can really be a sad show sometimes. It it really is a sad show at times. Yes. Like, it does sort of always like it resets itself, but they've always learned a harsh lesson. Like, you know, yes. after like five episodes, they're like, well, Charlotte, as we know, men are liars and can <laughs> deceit you for a year and a half. Yes. Charlotte was the one that I always felt the most pity for. Yes. She always seemed to have like the storylines where I'm like, I felt so bad. Well, because she was so such an optimist and it's so pathetic. But here's the thing. They rewarded her in the end. By making her the happiest and giving her everything that she wanted. Right. Really and truly. So I find that I've been to watch the show a ton of times. Like, and I didn't really know about it when it first came out, but I definitely did in college and then late 20s. And then I just rewatched it now. And my relationship to the show and the characters changes as I change. Of course. It's yeah. Like, I definitely, for the until recently, thought Charlotte was so pathetic. Like, I couldn't deal with, like, that neediness right. and the only caring about getting married. And, oh, my God, it's so humiliating. Now watching it, I'm like, she's the most self-actualized person on that right. show. She knows what she, she wants. She knows what she wants. And she's the most assertive person. Right. And it's sad. It's only sad because she's not getting what she wants. But it's less It's less sad than everyone else because she knows what she exactly. wants. Exactly. She wants yes. Kyle uh, McLaughlin yeah. or the bald dude. Yes. Yeah. Harry. <laughs> Harry. Right? You know, it's funny now that we know that Kyle McLaughlin is funny, like after Portlandia and stuff, watching him play that role of Trey McDougal, it's actually hilarious. It you're is. Like, oh, you're joking. Yeah. It is really <laughs> funny. Well, I, I had known him from Twin Peaks and then watched Sex mm -hmm. in the City. I'm like, oh, this is equally a weird role to be playing. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, I fucking loved, I loved this show and I wanted, and I didn't know what I liked about it. And then when I moved to New York city mm -hmm. and I lived there, I was like, oh, there is like an element of 
of course you do it on a sliding scale mm-hmm. whereas like maybe I'm going to McManus after a UCB show and drinking PBRs <laughs> but there is like this of like we're gonna eat here drink here see you here we're gonna run into so and so here and it was it's just a fundamental aspect of living in New York City but I didn't know that from watching but I'm watching Sex in the City and I don't realize by the time I get to New York City I'm like what bar are we going to yeah. and then before that oh I love the dumpling place that's and all of a sudden I'm like living my little metropolitan yeah, you're lifestyle Carrie. yeah <laughs> I'm carrying the world. Is that me on the bus? <laughs> yeah, and I think New York has that in a way that's unique in the United States. There aren't another a lot of cities that are like that compact and have that good of public transportation that people are just out and about all the time. Certainly not in LA. Yeah, and there's also another unspoken thing about New York is because real estate is so shit and Mm -hmm. so expensive people have very small homes or live very far away from city centers so you kind of come in in a nomadic way where you're like you never really in LA you'll have someone over to have tacos because we have kitchens in LA but in New York you're like let's meet at this place in my neighborhood when you have a when you host a birthday dinner you host it at a restaurant right right so it's like there's that weird element where you're never home so you can constantly be running into people and it and it's like unsustainable, like financially and like biologically. <laughs> I was trying to do the math on Carrie's finances and I was like, all of her men were paying for her clothes. There's just big Aiden and the Russian. Yeah. They, like even though boo we're the pro- <laughs> boo the Russian boo, for sure. That's, and that's Barishnikov, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> the ballet dancer. Yes, yeah. it is. Fuck that dude. <laughs> I mean, you almost want to say fuck big. She almost, Aiden is like probably the best guy, but he doesn't just, he doesn't light it up the way Big does. Aiden was the best guy, but I also maintain that he was still a dick. (laughs) Oh yeah, well he's the best guy in sort of like, uh, you know, king of tiny kingdoms, right? Right. No no one is like, no one is very good to carry, unfortunately. No, no, they're terrible to each other. Aiden, it just seems affable, but there's times like when she's like, I don't want to go to your cabin. I don't like the countryside and this doesn't sound fun. And he's like, we're going this weekend. That's that. Yeah. Yeah. And like when you're watching it the first time around, you're like, oh, yeah, sitcom. Like you got to like get the city girl to the country yeah. cabin. And then when you watch it, you're like, no, this show's more than a sitcom. Yes. This is like he's forcing his lifestyle upon her. Absolutely. But when you first watch it, you're like, yeah, of course. Wacky. I'm I'm into the city <laughs> She's life. She's going to fall in the mud and we like it. Right, but exactly. now when I watch that scene where she keeps falling in the mud, I'm like, this is horrible. Pick her up, you asshole. Exactly. <laughs> Don't follow her to Dubai. <laughs> I do think that part of the reason so many women love Aiden um, he, the actor, is a big person, yeah. and Sarah Jessica Parker is a tiny person, and they have him flinging her about on that show so constantly, and I'm yeah. like, oh my god, this is so Harlequin romance novel. He throws her over his shoulder constantly. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, and then I love that Mr. Big is also the guy who's like 5'9". <laughs> <laughs> He's very handsome, though. Oh. I've known that since Law and Order. Oh, yeah, of course. Chris Noth. Uh-huh. He's a handsome, mean son of a bitch on yes. both shows. Yes. But he's so good as Big. He's like, amazing. He's kind of mean to Carrie for a lot of the show, and then you're happy that they end up together. Isn't that weird? It's so is weird. Is that writing? What is that? How do they do that? <laughs> that trickery. <laughs> well, there is an element to real life there where it's like, you, you know, like the person who's right for you may have done a b- bunch of fucked up shit to you over the course of your life. Do you think that, okay, it's presented as really romantic that they end up together. Do you think that maybe... Because he's so much older than her and he would have been like mid-50s by the time they actually get together. Was he just like, oh, fuck, I don't have... There's no more models coming around. Right. Well, there is definitely a part of it. It's time for the lion to retire in the cave. Yeah, do you think? Interesting. Yeah. Oh, Going back to Carrie's clothes, I always like... They just needed to have her once... Well, we'll come back to big in a second, but I just saw this. They need to have her like once a month be like, oh, I got to write this fashion article. They sent me a bunch of clothes. Like, cause oh, she's like, yeah. she's living like the freelance writer's life. I guess she has a monthly column, uh, which is, yeah, I don't think that's enough to pay rent. No, it absolutely is not. No, right. Like it would it, have to be nationally syndicated. And even then, she, like, why would you live in the city? You could live in, I mean, you have to, yeah. write, you have to write yeah. sex in the city from Westchester and commute in. <laughs> yeah, commute in every day to see who's fucking. <laughs> commute in and eat lunch and eat dinner and drink all day and then uh, go back home to yeah. your, uh, your Cape Cod home. <laughs> I mean, I know it's kind of a fantasy, but they made it clear she has no family help. And she wears literal couture. Right. So almost exclusively. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. So it's like, it's a weird, but there is that element of New York where, 
someone lives in an East Village palace. They make really good money. They go out to dinner every single night, but they have zero. Like if they were to get into a car accident, they'd be right. Everyone's living like just up to their means in New York. It feels like no matter how rich or poor. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, but Carrie, no, none of the four of them are. No, Miranda's like a lawyer in Brooklyn, and you're like she's like the only one that seems to be like her life isn't fully glamorous. Isn't fully glamorous, and she probably actually income wise makes more money than any of the other women. And she's the one who's like, well, I got to see if I can get this mortgage on this fixer upper in Brooklyn. I know. And wait, what is what is Charlotte's career? Her career, <laughs> she comes from money, right? And she worked at an art gallery, which could mean anything from like twenty thousand a year on up to right, infinity. To figures, but yeah. then she quit to marry Trey, and Trey just gave her his apartment, which they stated cost a million dollars. Is that correct? Something like that. Yeah. Um, shit, a million dollars. Yes. Yeah, so early she 2000s. gets that apartment, and then marries Harry, who's a lawyer. Right. So she just keeps surfing. She trades up. Yeah, she keeps upgrading that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. She's surfing man to man. Exactly. Good for her. From her father to her first to her second. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And then Samantha is a publicist, which can make a lot of money. Right. Yeah. Uh that's really fun. Not not all of them work all too often storyline wise. It's like- no, because what purpose would that serve? Right. <laughs> I mean, New York is like a workaholic. A lot of these major cities are workaholic cities. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that they're like bust. They have to be busting their ass to have these like super competitive careers. Yeah. Writer, lawyer, publicist. And yet they're like, should we have lunch again today? I know. Yeah, I'm free for 90 minutes. I know. They're always (laughs) hanging out during the day, which wouldn't work for two of them at all. (laughs) Also, as a professional writer, the stuff that happens to Carrie in her career, it's like, oh, fuck you. Like, she gets $4.50 when she starts writing for a word. $4.50 a word when she starts writing for Vogue, which at the time was the most money you could make. But in the 1980s, that would have been an insulting amount of money. Oh. It's so weird. But it's like, oh, she we're all getting $0.10 cents a word and you get four fifty a word? How'd you manage that? And then her book deal happens because the publisher approaches her I'm like, all of this I hate so much. (laughs) Yeah, there is that layer to the show if you are a writer where you're like, wait a minute, this (laughs) is fucked up. Well, also, I'm sure, and I'm not speaking for you, but I'm sure there's a ton of people absolutely misguided by what New York City was going to be like based on Sex and the City. Absolutely. I mean, it it influenced literally a generation of young women and they must have thought, oh my God, this is going to be so cool and easy. Yeah. Because they never show any of them at work. And it's definitely cool. Yeah. (laughs) As for easy. (laughs) I've heard that people are, young people are starting to move into Manhattan again because the outer boroughs have gotten so expensive. Well, it's, it's, it doesn't even matter anymore. They're all like six and one, half a dozen other. Like really? every neighborhood is expensive in, in uh, New York City now. Uh-huh. And then the outer boroughs like Williamsburg, which was the cool hip neighborhood for a really long time yeah. and got to be very pricey and like bougie and, you know, like uh, condos and big kind of uh, apartments moved in there. They just lost the train for like a year and a half right. while it gets repaired. So it's like, that's like who, no one's going to move. The, no one who doesn't have like some insane means to get to and from work or to work from home is going to move there anymore. Yeah. Like there's downsides to everything. Yeah. Yeah. It all, it's all crazy. And, and but I, I lived in uh, Brooklyn uh, and then now I don't even know if I could afford to move back to Brooklyn. Like, Isn't it's, that uh, wild? Yeah. yeah. Eight years ago, it was fucking relatively affordable. Now it's not. Yeah. No, not no. at all. I mean, neither is Los Angeles. Neither when I moved here, Angeles. everyone was telling me like, oh, yeah, it's so much cheaper than New York. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to have like some bomb ass apartment. And then I move. I mean, I have a great apartment, but it's not like spectacular under. I thought I would have a dishwasher in a yard. Right. And I still don't. <laughs> right. I've yeah. been here for six years. <laughs> I know. It's embarrassing that we're in our mid thirties and we were like, ooh, a dishwasher. Can you imagine? But that's where we it are. It would like in LA. change our lives. Yes. Because we cook so much. It would change our fucking lives yes. if we had a dishwasher. I know. It certainly changed my life because my wife does not do the dishes. <laughs> I do them because she cooks. So I have to do that. The least I could do is the dishes. It is I, the I least just, you could I, do. I sous chef and dishes. That's and I, nice. I want 
a fucking dishwasher so bad. Me too. I just want to like, I choose not to do things because of how many dishes I'm going to end up having. Like, I'll just like, <laughs> ugh, you know what? Never mind. I'm just going to eat no sides with this meal. I'm and just... it's the whole reason we eat over the sink. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> preacher choir. I eat, <laughs> holy shit. I eat out of the pot I cooked in yes. over the sink so yes. often. I'm like, ow, burning my mouth on turkey meatballs. <laughs> Because I don't want to dirty another bowl. I feel you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I do the thing where I eat out of Tupperware when I make over a course, over one size dish, mm-hmm. eat half of it, and then seal the Tupperware. Mm-hmm. And then my, my wife will be like, oh, what's left over in here? I'm like, oh, it's this. She's like, were you eating out of this? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, that's gross. And I'm like, uh... Well, uh, don't have it then. I'm sorry. I don't think it's gross. Some people do think it's like, because you're like eating directly. Like you're. Yeah, but come on. Your wife, you guys are sharing fluids anyway. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Constantly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm talking about eating. (laughs) Just don't think it matters. It doesn't. You're swapping spit one way or the other. Yes. Whether we are having our nightly makeout session that (laughs) two adult married people usually have. Is it time? Yes. Let's sit down. (laughs) Is that what marriage is? Tell me more. At 930, the alarm in the house goes off. We pause uh, Russian Doll on Netflix and and we make out from 930 to 940. Oh, cool. I like that. I like that kind of organization. <laughs> I, I like it's in our calendars. No, I'm joking now, but it, it is something I kind of want to do. <laughs> Start it. That Implement is, that, it. That feels like some sort of weird uh, relationship advice, like podcast. Make where it's time like, for romance. Set an alarm if you have to, but wake up early to kiss. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> gross. I just got so upset by that. <laughs> kiss in the morning before you have coffee breath when you just have morning breath. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, guys, it's happened. I have a meat sponsor of my podcast, Butcher Box. They are awesome. They deliver 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-bred pork. That's all high-quality stuff from humanely treated and free of antibiotics and hormones animals. Each box is 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual size meals. I've been way less for me, butcher box. And you could choose from five different box types, all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, mixed box, custom box, which is what I do. Guys, this is how much I like butcher box. They gave me one free month, but I've been an actual paying member since. I don't know why I'm copping to this. Um, They should be sending me way more free boxes, but I get great food. I just ate uh, some of the grass-fed ground beef that I made up like taco meat. Eat that. No no shell uh, with some lettuce and some tomato. It's like a little paleo taco salad. It's awesome. It's high quality, healthy protein. Everything is top quality. You can even, you know, pick your boxes. And for uh, February only, you can get two free filet mignons, free bacon, also awesome, filet mignon, awesome, $20 off your order, very awesome. Go to butcherbox.com slash high and enter promo code high, H-I-G-H, at checkout. Go now. This is over a $50 value and available for a limited time. You guys have to do this. Trust me. Get out there and get on this stuff. Also, it comes with really fun um, packing peanuts that are water soluble. They're made from like corn syrup or something. So you could just blast them with cornstarch. You can just blast them with water and they disintegrate. That's pretty fun. And dry ice, you can do some uh, you know experiments with it. And also high quality meats. Oh, as a matter of fact, I'm eating their chicken thighs tonight. I forgot I just put them in the oven. This ad is getting so long. Butcher Box, you don't pay for super long ads. Thank you, Butcher Box. Promo code HIGH. Back to Sex and City. Who out of the side characters or people that they dated were your favorite? Oh, my goodness. Well, it's funny that Justin Theroux played two different characters. Oh, I don't remember that. Yes, he played a guy who had just gotten a book deal and thought he was hot shit. And then he played a guy who came from a wonderful family that talked about sex openly. And he suffered from premature ejaculation and wouldn't talk to Carrie about it. (laughs) I remember the latter character (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, that one scarred guys more. It's usually it has to do with the memorable guys. It has to do with their dicks. Right. Because like it was Bobby Kavanaugh, right? Who had the spunky funk. No, the funky spunk. (laughs) (laughs) Spunky funk. Uh, 
uh, what actor? Bobby Cannavale, that actor. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. The big, the big, tall. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh huh. I think. Uh, yeah, I think he, you're right. He had Funky Spunk. Um, Roger uh, Sterling. What's his name? The uh, yes. handsome, gray-haired dude from. Yes. Uh, John Slattery. John Slattery. He played a love interest of Samantha's? No, of Carrie's, and they actually dated for a little bit. Um, he was a rising politician who was yes. trying to get elected, and he wanted her to pee on him, and he dumped her when she wouldn't. <laughs> Which is funny. Everyone, the women and the men on the show, just being absolutely unreasonable. Right. Yeah, it's almost like... It's like Oh, you don't want to watch football with me? I'm gonna break up. Yeah, with you. It's yeah. Like no, it's like Carrie. Actually, I thought it was kind of cute, and I hate Carrie. We can talk about that, but she actually tried. She was like, "I could pour tea on you," and I was like, "That's actually nice." She's yeah. trying to kind of meet him in the middle, and yeah. he was like, "Nope, I'm out." And I was like, "God, you yeah. know, you can't just easily find women to pee on you." <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not for free. <laughs> I, I mean, it is a weird thing to be a deal breaker, but I guess like, you know, after your fifth really, you know, New York City, it's relationships <laughs> like are really hard to come by. It's like if one of these chicks doesn't want to piss on me, what am I doing with myself? Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, he's so, the carry of the men. He knew right, what he yeah. wanted. <laughs> he's, he's saving his energy for the one. Yes. He's yes. Like, I'm out here just trying to find Mrs. Right. Mrs. Uh, chock full of urine. Oh, my God. The romance. I pour tea on you. That's so sweet. It is cute. And it's like the nicest thing she ever tried to do on that show. Carrie is a horrifying person. Carrie's not a good person. On no, show, right? She's terrible. And I've actually tried to find interviews or something with Sarah Jessica Parker addressing this. And it seems like she actually thinks Carrie is great. I think Carrie suffers from that character thing of like bad stuff happens to her. So you're supposed to feel sympathy towards her. Mm -hmm. Like, but she's not inherently a good person in any way either where you would be like you're never you're not against her but you're like and you're, you're just on her side because she's the protagonist more so than that she's like doing anything of worth i don't even know do I you even does she need to do something good i guess no i guess not like, what does fucking tony soprano or walter white do that's like redeeming no but that's the thing i think carrie might be an anti-hero she, she she certainly has her priorities <laughs> skewed. It's like her life is just constantly falling apart. She hates the people around her and yeah. then she just drinks and eats. <laughs> and she's not supportive of them and she does weird shit that like, like in real life, if you had a friend who was sleeping with a married man and the man's wife found out and she was like, I need to go talk to his wife and explain my point of view. You'd be like, stop it. What Get the fuck are you this. doing? Yeah. Get the fuck out of this situation. Yes, yes. But then that's what Carrie does. She goes and talks to Big's wife and is oh. like, oh, this is why it happened and I'm so sorry. And the wife, to the writer's credit, they had the wife be like, I don't fucking care what you think. I want you out of my life. Yes. <laughs> it's actually amazing. <laughs> and what should happen? Right. And Carrie doesn't understand why it's not a good idea to try and talk to the wife of the man you're sleeping with. <laughs> Carrie, come on, get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, that's a very... All right, and then... All it's like all girl power friend stuff, and none of them are like, hey, 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 actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. None of them. Miranda calls her Miranda and Charlotte both call her out once each because one <laughs> Miranda hurt her back and fell out of the shower and was naked on the bathroom floor and called Carrie and asked for help, and Carrie sent Aiden. So Aiden had to help a naked Miranda up off the bathroom floor, and Miranda didn't like that. <laughs> I I like how you have like this burn book of Carrie Bradshaw stuff. You're like, okay, so uh, exhibit B. Because she sucks so bad. She does. And I think that the first, like if you watch the show as a teenager or early 20s at the first time, you're like, she has a fun life. And Sarah Jessica Parker is extremely charming. Yes. And she also has an insane body, which I think is one of the reasons we think we admire her. Um, does she? Oh my God. Yeah, because she's super skinny and has boobs. Yes, she's like skinny curvy. She's kind of the dream I hate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to, in my head, she was always very skinny. She is. Yeah. Because they just like hang couture dresses on her. Right. Right. Like, right. She has like hanger, hanger shoulders. Yes. And I mean that in a positive way, I think. Well, for fashion, yes. <laughs> yeah, that is considered like, a positive. Yeah. He's just like, here you go. This yeah. thing lays perfectly on you. And mm -hmm. now you have this Oscar de la Renta gown. Or but whatever. she always had an awesome rack. And then after she had kids, the costume designers really played it up. Yes. It was just tits <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I remember back when I was 12. <laughs> yeah, go with me on this, that. Spires. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> this was in the Sex and the City 2, the movie, right? <laughs> when I was 12. <laughs> uh, that That's true. She always had a banging body. Yes. I mean, they all did. No, uh, they're all obviously gorgeous. Yeah. I just love that, like, like they were like, Miranda is pale and has red hair, so she's like the not- like classic sexy one right but i found miranda to be the hottest really yeah really? well i mean i loved kim cattrall for obvious reasons you also she was in big trouble constantly. little china yes yes uh, one of my favorite movies of all time yeah and you get to see her boobs all the time yeah and they're all beautiful but then like miranda there's something uh special about miranda it felt like she would be like the hot girl you would see on the subway you know i mean, I mean? is it because she's personality wise really unattainable she was a hard nut to crack. Right. Well, I, I mean, exclusively the women I fall for are the uh, women who are like tough and like don't need me in any got way. Got it. <laughs> got it. That's who I end up falling for hard. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I always imagine myself to be a bit of a bit of a Steve. Well, Miranda. <laughs> Miranda. Miranda. We have a baby. <laughs> Steve was the best boyfriend until Harry. Uh, and Harry was Charlotte. Charlotte's so, second husband. And that's the bald guy yes. from Californication. Yes. And, uh, st- yes. <laughs> so what was his, did they, were they the King Charles Spaniels or was that Trey? Yes. No, no that, that was, was with that. her. Yes. <laughs> the King Charles Spaniels. The only thing they did that's is. That's on game. Sorry. That was uh, to interrupt, but that's a very on brand, like predictive New York City wealthy socialite things. Like is it getting really? really into dogs, right? That's something that's like now kind of even bigger. Yeah, I can see that. It is. They had all the trappings of like boring rich people. Yes. Really. That's what Charlotte <laughs> Charlotte just liked boring things. Right. And that's why when you first watch it, you're like, ugh, she sucks. But if she liked boring things, that's fine. She is like lame, but like yes. is okay with it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like choice, yeah. And I admire that so much. <laughs> She's the realest of them all she in really the end. Is. She's not putting on any fucking uh any charades for anyone. No. She's just Charlotte. Yeah. Making it happen. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Doing what she wants to do. She converted to Judaism and then stuck with it. After Harry broke up with her. Because oh, right. she doesn't do things that she doesn't actually believe in. See, that's Says more for her than most people. Um, I know. It's awesome. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was a big Samford fan as well. Wait, did we jump away from something about Big that we should get back to? You said you were going to talk about Carrie's clothes, I think. I don't know. We're right. going all over <laughs> yeah, the place. Yeah, There's just fine. so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so many. And I can't even place episodes, seasons. I don't know when any of that stuff happened because I also watched the bunch just like loose on right. HBO. Right. So yeah. I'm just like, to me, it's like it's like the Simpsons where they're like all over the place. And then you eventually learn that, like sometimes you watch an old Simpsons episode and you're like, these four lines are all in this one oh, yeah. episode. And that sometimes happens with Sex and the City. I'll catch like a random one. I'm like, oh, or, or Seinfeld does it too, where you're like, whoa, puffy shirt and the end man hands is the same shirt, you know, same episode or Interesting. whatever. Yeah. Interesting. And that happens with Sex and the City where I'm like, oh my God, this is the one with blank and blank. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes a lot happens and sometimes things are horrible. You mentioned Stanford, her gay friend, which is another part of watching this show 21 years later. You're like, oh, my God, the way people talked was so horrible. The way she treated Stanford was terrible. Oh, yeah. And then the way that they had him and the gay guy, the other gay guy on the show, they hated each other. And then in one of the movies, they ended up getting married. It's like, no, you don't do that just because they're gay. Right. Well, you the don't... two gay characters, you know, <laughs> yeah. are now married. Yeah. yeah. So ridiculous. Artie, get out of uh, Catherine's grill. Good oh, boy. it's okay. Yeah. He's sweet. He's just a needy boy. Yeah. He's so cute. Look at that face. Um, Yeah. That. First of all, watching anything from like the 90s engage in dealing with homosexuality is like so much stuff. So much humor is so homophobic, like even stuff that I didn't like. I love you, man, or whatever. One of those movies. I didn't think get out of there that I didn't think was like that crazy. Then I watch it again now and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of stuff leaning on like, uh, don't, we can't come across as so much gay panic. Yeah. Like gay panic is like a comedy premise for like 25 years. Yeah, which is absolutely. Insane. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, <laughs> it's, it's too much. And then, uh, Carrie dates a guy who's bisexual and she goes to a party at his house and they're all making out with each other and she can't deal. Which I think was probably the first point where the audience was like, wait, she's not as cool as she thinks she is. Has right. she been terrible this whole time? 
Yeah, because she isn't like she's writing a sex column. Exactly. And, and, and she's meanwhile- such a prude. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of like living vicariously through her friends and like relying on that yes. for authorship, which is not cool. So that's kind of the thing is that Charlotte represents marriage. Samantha represents sex. Miranda represents career. So her three friends are the three aspects of a woman's personality. The three things that make up a woman's per- a woman's <laughs> yeah. personality. Yeah, Sex, you get it. Job and husband. Yep. <laughs> and that's all we got. <laughs> Uh, that's a really fun like you said earlier Sex and the City inspired a generation of younger women I also think it inspired a generation of older women who lived in the tri-state area yeah near New York City and we're like Sunday forget going out in Connecticut let's drive into the city and we can have lunch like the girls on Sex like we're yes. just like them yeah everyone has a $12 cocktail you know oh my gosh yes like, Cosmopolitans became a drink because of that show I know and they're bad it's like a vodka a cranberry That's more or all less. it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With triple second. It'd be, yeah. it's, a, uh, it's like a sex on the beach or whatever, and people go ape shit for it. Absolutely. Um, wait, can we talk about the Super Bowl commercial? This pissed me off so much. We can talk about the Super Bowl commercial. Carrie Bradshaw uh, or SJP comes walking into a bar playing mm-hmm. like, you know, like her SATC music. They off bring out a Cosmo. She's a Cosmo. And she goes, no, I'll have a Stella Artois. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's a Stella commercial. Mm-hmm. Then in walks Je- <laughs> Jeff Bridges as the dude. Yes. Which is insane. This is so upset. This is even more upsetting than Carrie Bradshaw because <laughs> the dude, like Carrie Bradshaw has been monetized. That character has been like, you know, they've redid movies yeah. and, like, and she's uh, kind of like the Cosmo thing is- the white Russian's not even the biggest element of Lebowski. Right. And then he comes in and just like sells that out too. Like, how he do you feel if you're pool. the I don't know. How do you feel if you're the Cohen brothers or Darren Starr, one of the creators? I know. Did they have to sign off on that? I don't know who owns characters. Yeah, I don't know how it works either. But it's just one of those things. And then the Dos Equis guy is there in this commercial, the one I saw, the full cut. He's like, oh, interesting choice or whatever. And the dude doesn't even know how to pronounce Stella Artois. Really? Yeah. Is that like, like part Stella of the joke? Our toys or something like that. He makes the joke. I. It's infuriating. Yeah. It's so infuriating to me. I did see one good tweet that was like, "Well, <laughs> if Carrie's drinking Stella, I guess she ended up back with Aiden." <laughs> That's <So> really- yeah. <laughs> That's a deep cut. That's yeah. a deep cut. <laughs> um. What about uh, who is the guy I liked uh, for Samantha Smith? Right? He yeah, was the Smith hun- Jared hunk, hunk waiter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, so sweet, so Such sweet, like a, a sweetheart. And she just couldn't handle. No, being- ultimately she couldn't. In the movie, she dumped him. Right. Not until after they had bid against each other in a jewelry auction and raised up the price on a ring she ended up buying. <laughs> For like $40,000 more than she would have if he hadn't also been secretly bidding on it. It was the most stupid thing. I know that like stories have to be told, but I get really enraged in TV and movies and stuff where couples don't just talk to each other. Well, so so many movies, you're like, wait a minute, just turn to the person you're standing (laughs) next to right now and tell them what's going on in your life. Yes. Because they're going through something. And I get that we're supposed to build to some moment, but it's like at some point you're supposed to go, hey, actually my family (laughs) has been abducted and I'm sorry if I'm acting weird. And it's like, oh, my husband just abducted a family. I wonder if it's connected. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and then everything falls into place and then the movie's over and I know it doesn't work, but sometimes it's just too much. Like the show New Girl, Yeah, I actually- I hate this about myself. I liked all the guy characters on it and not the girl characters, oh. which is so horrifying to admit out loud. But it's because like Jess in particular, Zoe Deschanel, she never actually said what she felt. And I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Oh, right. This has been seven years of you not telling Nick how you feel. And I'm just like, I can't. I'm out. I I'm done. The, I watched like the first couple of seasons. Then when her and Nick got together, uh, the will they won't they is a very weird sword to wield because when you give it to people, they either hate it or they're like, oh, well, now there's no more tension. Yeah. Yeah. But often people don't even like it once they're like, I didn't like it once Nick and her got together. Right, I yeah. was like, oh, this show. And once Schmidt went like not douchebag, I was like, why are you taking the funniest character on the show and turning it like you're like, no, he's got to be more straight laced so that he falls for Hannah Simone and you're or Hannah Simone falls for him. And I'm like, wait, what is this show? This is the best thing. It's like, uh, 
we should do a story arc where Kramer uh, gets a real job and gets into like <laughs> fitness for a year. It's like, who cares? I just want to see everyone be themselves. Keep figuring out a way to do it. That's true. But yeah. then they made Winston wackier. So they did. I know. Yeah. Well, he was like, give me more shit. Here. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Yeah. And then I heard someone say that Jess thinks that she's who Winston really is. Like she thinks she's actually quirky. But she's not. She's effing boring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that show. It's funny. Like, when you start putting, has there been, like, a a girlfriend, like, a girl click show since? uh, Oh, that's interesting. Well, the show Girlfriends started a couple years after Sex in the City. Which one was that? That had Tracy Ellis Ross. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that lasted for, like, eight years, I think. Okay, yeah. that was around for a while. That was a big one, yeah. Um... Golden Girls? Yeah. <laughs> Golden Girls. Something cra- someone pointed out the other day that w- we know Betty White from a show from 20 years ago where she played an old person. I know. And she's still alive. She's still hanging 20 on. 20 years ago, she did eight seasons of on a show about being very old. I know. And now she's still alive. Our concept of old has changed so quickly and so much. Oh, hell yeah. I don't think 60 is old anymore. No, I don't think so. Especially once you move to Los Angeles. Yeah. Like any one of my friends who's a dad at my age is like, yeah, I'm at going to pick up my 10-year-old son at school and some of the dads there are 55 and 60 totally and 10 year old sons yeah yeah i mean that's gonna be me if i have a kid today yeah i'll be 50 on their bar mitzvah and i'm not even jewish <laughs> but you're gonna have one <laughs> yeah, I, I just want the money yeah, I, need, exactly. I need the double high <laughs> uh, i need to get that coming in um yeah D- girlfriend shows i mean i'm completely I girls blanking. but it's yeah. not really that like Girls was just such a bummer because it didn't even have any of the fun, frothy stuff that Sex in the City had. Right. It was only the thinky stuff. Yes. And, you know, Samantha and Miranda had, like, earned their careers. They had earned that money. Right. There was nothing offensive about them being totally wealthy. <laughs> right, right, true. <laughs> and girls also, like, they immediately, like, turned in on hating each other by, like, season two. And I really liked that show for a while. But really? Se- I couldn't get into it. Yeah. They were kind of mean and shitty to each other, like... Almost. Which is the antithesis of Sex in the City, because even when they would have fights, the women really did care about each other. It was not about the fight as much as like the moment when they all came back together on yeah, that show. Yeah, that's true. And like other shows, like the fight, the fights, the drama, and then it's like, all right, let's resolve. On that show, it's like, I can't wait till Carrie comes around and sees Miranda's point of view, yeah. or you know, or decides it's not about me. I gotta help Miranda, right? Yeah. Which she only did once, but yes. <laughs> It's Your true. Carrie burn board is going very well. <laughs> the only time she went out of her way to be there for Miranda was she had a last night in New York date with Big before he moved to Napa, and she cut it short because Miranda went into labor. Oh, shit. I totally forgot about that, but now that you say it, I remember all I that. Think they, with Brady. <laughs> yes. I think they thought that maybe that would redeem her or something yeah like because she it was big and she chose miranda over big it's like well of course miranda's been there for her <laughs> yeah big's been in and out and like there was a period of time where like you, you didn't use his name and he was married like yes. there's so much well, let's let's chart uh carrie and big's relationship a little bit because okay. that is one of the underlying storylines yes. of a number of shows but it's it's on and off for the whole years. Yeah, yeah the whole time <laughs> yeah whatever. yeah how many seasons was? I think it was eight. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was eight as well. Um, they start off like sort of, but he like keeps his personal life hidden from her. Yes. Yeah. So they just keep meeting cute at parties and stuff like that, which first of all, I don't know that I believe. And then they start dating. Yeah. It's very weird for like a married millionaire to keep like to be out <laughs> at parties all the time without his partner. And then they, he wasn't married at the beginning. Oh, he, was right. divorced, he was divorced, just divorced because right. he'd already been married once before the show started. Yes. Right, 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 right. So but he was still like they never exactly say what his job is, but he was older and wealthier and seemed like more like Upper East Side or something. Yes. Like, but I, I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> I've never lived in New York myself. <laughs> he just seemed like Upper East Side. That, that's what fucking Sex in the City will do to you. You'll make yes. references like that. And you're like, oh, he probably waits in line at Zaybars every Friday. And you're like, I don't even know what that means. I just, but it sounds right. <laughs> yeah, it fits. Yeah. It fits big. <laughs> so they're dating. And then it turns, she finds out that he's still dating other people after like months. And so they have a big blow up over that. 
Um, but then they stay back together. And then when it's been about a year, she says, I want you to say that I'm the one and he won't say it. So they break up. Right. A year, <laughs> a year of dating. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Um. So then, so then they break up. Then yeah. she goes off on her. Then she dates other people. Then yeah. six months later, she calls big again. And this is one of her, like, you're so stupid and you're actually putting your friends through your nonsense because they're like big broke your heart. And then six months later, she's like, I called him again. We're going out again. Whatever. We'll see what happens. And her right. friends are all like, ugh, God, yeah, we know where like, this is going to go. Geez, we better be nice because she has an unendable source of money and uh, clothing. <laughs> yes. So we better just be cool to her. But what the fuck, man? Yeah. So awful. Then they break up. She meets Aiden. Then she, then Big marries Natasha. Right. Bridget Moynihan. Yes. Um, And then she can't stand that. She can't stand the idea of Big being in love with someone else or moving on or anything like well, that. There's also that element of it, too, where she couldn't get him to say you're the one. She And he now has uh, the one. You know, yeah. it's interesting because when she her reasons, there's sometimes when that show where I'd be like, damn, this is so spot on. She had a boyfriend and he clearly loved her. But because she dresses funny and looks funny, he's never going to like publicly acknowledge her. And then so he marries the Bridget Moynihan. And I was like, that shit happens constantly. Yes. That is extremely common. And this episode is so spot on. Marries the like less wave making. Yeah. Uh, the girl. quiet, like conventionally pretty girl. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. And it's also, <laughs> that happens a lot too in real life where it's like the, the dude is like, I can't commit. I am not going to commit. I'm not a commitment type. And then it's like the next relationship is yeah. like, that's the, never mind. That was the one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But it's weird because as much as you're like, Carrie is totally right about what's happening here, but then she's like, well, I'm going to fuck him. Like, it doesn't seem like it's like, oh, I'm so in love with him. Right. She's like, I'm going to blow up everything. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That is a weird thing. That's like a weird attitude to have as a yes, character. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, well, I guess I'm going to ruin this for all three of us. Uh -huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a woman I don't know, <laughs> yeah, a man exactly. I allegedly love, and then my own disastrous. Exactly. Life. Blow it all up. That was fun for her. <laughs> that was and then when she finally admits to Aiden that she's been cheating on him, he leaves. And then she sees Aiden like a year later or something. And literally the reason she gets back together with Aiden is because he's lost weight and gotten a good haircut. Really and truly. Oh. Samantha's like, he was almost perfect, but that belly. And she was like kidding. And Carrie goes, oh, there's no more belly. Ew. I know. Ew. <laughs> I forgot about that. Because I, I think even my when I was watching it with Tiff, she would say I was Aiden. Like, I'm an Aiden type. Yeah. Um, well, more so than big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. For sure. Um, I am just big. <laughs> like, not <laughs> as the adjective, not as the uh, name. Um, so, okay. So then she gets back with Aiden. Uh-huh. And there's burgers in here too, right? Burger comes after. Burgers after. Yeah. I, told, I can't believe we forgot because I love that actor uh, whose name is Ron Clint. Livingston. Yes, yeah. dude. Ron Livingston from Office Space. Yeah, he's amazing. He's so good and he's so good in this. Yeah, yeah, he plays such a monster, but she's such a monster too. It's such a fascinating like, oh, you both suck. How's this going to work out? <laughs> About 10 times in our conversation, uh, when there was like a pause or a breath in my head, I went, Fuck, I really gotta rewatch Sex and City. And that's literally what I've said like ten times. If I bring that up with my wife, we're gonna be start tonight. Do it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, it's so fucking good. All right. Oh, so then so then she gets back with Aiden. Uh yes, and and demands that she be allowed to be friends with Big. <laughs> Like, she'll have dinner with Big in the city when Aiden's at the country house. And that's the guy that she cheated on Big with. Yeah. She uh, cheated on Aiden with. She cheated on Aiden with was Big. Yeah. Yes. And then she and Aiden get engaged for some reason, and she won't wear the ring on her finger. She wears it as a necklace. Yes. Yes, I remember this. And she says, because it's closer to my heart, and literally no one believes it, even Aiden. And then he buys her apartment in the one next door when her building goes co-op. And uh, when they break up, he tells her via a lawyer's letter, you have to buy your apartment back or I'm going to put it on the market. And she's pissed. <laughs> Wait, I remember the apartment stuff because he's he, he was going to buy the one next door and they were going to like tear down the wall exactly. and make it into one big unit. Yes, right? exactly. And then she breaks up with him and he owns the unit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. And so she shows it to Miranda all in a tip and Miranda's like, no, this is actually really reasonable. And he's giving you 30 days. And which leads to her more being more of an asshole because she essentially bullies Charlotte into selling her engagement ring from Trey to 
loan that money to Carrie for a down payment on the apartment. Jesus, I forgot about all of this. Carrie's a monster. She's a monster. <laughs> and this is why I'm so desperately trying to find interviews with Sarah Jessica Parker, where she's like, right, yeah, she I played defends- a horrible person. Right. Yeah. But she never does. The worst she's ever said was that Carrie was childish about love. And I've wondered... That's some fucking understatement of the century type In- shit there. Totally. Yeah, but yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker became, she was that star always, then producer, then co-executive producer, then executive producer. So her trajectory, career tra- trajectory was going up as Carrie was becoming a shittier person. And I'm like, oh no, is SJB, like, does she suck? Yeah, is she becoming a shittier <laughs> person? And yeah. it's just coming out into characters and all her co-workers are like, just make Carrie shittier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, isn't there also insane drama like her and Control don't get along? They hate each other so much. All because of something of Kim, like, I think SJP Kim, posted about Kim Cattrall's brother who died or sister who well, died. Well, they had already hated each other. But yeah, SJP was like on Instagram was like, Kim, I'm so sorry about your brother. And Kim came back with like, I don't fucking need to hear it from you right now. Just so crazy. <laughs> it's so it's so heartbreaking to hear that they're not friends anymore. And why do I care? I have no idea. No one who works together for that long ends up staying tight. It's hard. I guess. Although it is interesting, you know, um, SJP and Cynthia Nixon, Miranda, had known each other since they were kids because of Broadway stuff and child oh. actor stuff. And their scenes together are the best. They definitely have the most chemistry of any like duo. And Cynthia Nixon has the strongest post-Sex in the City career in my book. <laughs> She's making a run for yeah. politics. <laughs> yeah, she went into politics for sure. Yeah, it's so we- funny. Like that's a Sex in the Story, a Sex in the City storyline. Like, mo- like Miranda it could would be. have run. Yeah, it's like yeah. if we had to like reboot Sex and the City, be like, all right, Miranda's running for local politics. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Charlotte's charity has been revealed to be doing some shady shit. <laughs> Kim uh, Kim Cattrall is like running like uh, a a blowjob school on the Upper East Side. For- I mean, I hate that it sounds so unfeminist of me and so sex negative, but really, she was sleeping with too many people. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I feel like such a prude saying that. <laughs> Guys, like you're watching the show. Guys, is anyone worried about Samantha? <laughs> yeah. She's fucking this next guy again. She keeps meeting people in the street and then fucking them an hour later. Yeah, and then being like, oh, I don't know. He wanted to hit me in the head with a hammer, (laughs) so I couldn't do it. Like, it's always like her reasoning like, yeah, well, things were going smooth until he asked me to cut his face. And you're like, what? And she's like, gotta go. Yeah, you know, also that it is a fantasy that she was having that much sex with that many people and never once, like, got beat up. Or anything. Yeah, or never. I mean, I'm sure she had SAD scares on the show, but like, there should have been like a whole season where she's like undergoing some in- intensive treatment. To- yeah. Well, she had never had an AIDS test before. That was a plot line. Oh, and I then finally that. got an AIDS test, and she didn't have anything, <laughs> which she would have known if she had AIDS. But yeah, just it was her sex life was a fantasy. Yes. No yes. one's sex life is that good. Right. That's like when everyone goes like, "How did Carrie afford her apartment and clothes?" You're like, "How did uh, Samantha?" live yes how did she stay alive on this yes totally (laughs) oh man tv's so weird i remember in high school watching an episode of friends where five of them were ganging up on another character because he hadn't had sex in three weeks and they were all making fun of him and i was like oh my god do we have to have sex all the time to be a cool adult? <laughs> now that I'm an adult, I'm like, no. <laughs> Hardly any of my single friends are getting laid ever. I, right. And also, so few, wi- there's not a situation where like eight of my friends would know one person's <laughs> sex thing. Yes. Uh, so, like once you get to be this old, it's not like, first of all, if you're in a committed, re- I always talk about this where it's like, I remember being 20 and being like, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, I hooked up with that. I hooked up with Kelly with the big boobs from uh, Com Principles. Oh, nice. Yeah, I hooked up with so-and-so. Now, it, like, it'd be insane. Like, So many of my friends are in committed relationships where it's like, yeah, I sucked off my husband last <laughs> night. You're like, oh, okay. I don't need to know that. And why? It's just because it sounds like... It like I the joke I was trying to do in my stand up for a while was like no one ever says like I titty fucked my wife. <laughs> you know, it's like yes. it's of course it happens. Yeah. But yeah. it's like no one wants to hear like, oh cool, and now the three of us are going to the movies right. together. Like right. I don't want to know that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's such a it's such a weird thing for those adults to keep getting together and talking about sex. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Eventually you'd be like, Hey, I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> You that's just keep that shit at home. What's going yeah. on? Like, how are you feeling emotionally? Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It, 
the reality take of it all would be, and it kind of does this a little bit in the show, is so everyone would be living vicariously through Samantha's stories. And asking for her dirty stuff. Exactly. Like, who was it this week? Was he big? Is he ripped? Oh, you yeah. Know, Steve, Steve has no muscles whatsoever. You know, like yeah. that kind of shit. And Miranda was the only one who could deal with Samantha's sex story stories. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie and Charlotte would get all uptight about them. Yeah. I think that, that also Miranda's probably secretly the least prude. Oh my God, I know. For sure. I just said that with such a lascivious grin that I stopped looking at you. I felt like I was like, and Miranda's probably the least prude. And then you went like to agree, and I went, I don't know why I shouldn't look at her anymore. <laughs> well, you think that because Miranda's the one you're attracted to right, the most. Exactly. You're like, oh, she's dirty. I know well, it. She's just like smart, tough, and I know she knows what she wants, and yes. she gets it. Yes. <laughs> See, again, I build up this woman, the kind of woman I'm attracted to, the kind that traditionally is not attracted to guys like me. (laughs) She's smart. She's got her life together. And and she definitely wants to fuck a borderline unemployed podcast host. (laughs) She would, because that's what Steve was. Yes, I know. That's part of the the appeal of the whole thing is that like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not fucking Smith Jared. (laughs) I'm more in the Aiden burger and then... Even more specifically, Steve. When she started dating Steve, I'm like, that's who I am. Right? Doesn't he like work at a coffee shop? A bar. A bar, yeah. yes. <laughs> the dream. I would love to get promoted from a coffee shop to a bar. <laughs> I would I'm on TV now and I would kill for a bartending gig. Yeah, I mean those tips are great. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Brooklyn bar. Uh the You dream. would get such good tips. You're so affable. Um I was a bartender for a while and I, uh, it, it was, I'm, I can hustle. Yeah. I can talk to people and I, I am affable and yeah. it works. It works for, I, trust me if I don't, if you don't think like once a month, I like think to myself, I think, do I need to get a bartending job here? <laughs> I'm like <laughs> yeah. been working in entertainment for like 10 years and I'm like, fuck, do I just need an extra couple hundred bucks a month? I cash? mean, you wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> I know, I would definitely need it. Like who wants to hire a, a D-level celebrity for like fucking one shift a week? I'm going to look into it. I mean, yeah, there's... <laughs> bartending Right, job. right, right. <laughs> Dearest bartending <laughs> college. <laughs> My application letter. Uh, uh, let's let's wrap this up with some uh, s- some overall overarching Sex and City thoughts. Has there been a show since Sex and the City that has hit you like uh, that hard, like culturally or you know, like culturally? No, there's shows I liked more. I actually really like New Girl as much as I don't want to hear anything about Jess. All the other characters I really love. I yeah. loved Happy Endings, oh, which okay. was cut short in its prime. Great show. Amazing show. Yes, yes. Yes. I was on an episode. Were you really? Yeah. So I'm in the video store episode uh, where uh, Damon Waynes and Zach Knighton go to return a DVD that Eliza Coop has tricked Damon Waynes Jr. into. Yeah, renting. I remember that episode. Yeah, I'm like mm-hmm. the weird uh, video store clerk in the episode. I fucking love that show. That show made me laugh a lot. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are two. Those are two. But. Th- they don't pierce that cultural... Fun- Absolutely like, not. Yeah. No, and the other shows that kind of do in the same way, like Breaking Bad, that's obviously a totally different kind of show. So that right, doesn't count. It's hard count. to like, sit down and like root. Let's yeah. see what the girls are up to. Yeah, Let's exactly. see what Walter and Jesse are up to. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. You're right. No. I mean, yeah, it really does have cultural power. One of the reasons I even thought to talk about it on this is because two of my friends are starting a Sex in the City trivia night. That Ooh. show premiered 21 years ago. It's so awesome. Yeah. It's got like an enduring fandom. It of totally course, there does. are people like our age who watched it when they were 12. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are people who watch it like when it was on. And now it just also is one of those phenomena that like I, I know 25 year old kids who've seen every episode of Sex in the City. Yeah. And it's problematic. It's homophobic it's extremely racist oh my god it's so racist yeah and and above and beyond just the fact that it's just four white women complaining yeah. about their they million dollar of, apartments yes and shit. Yeah. yeah no they go out of their way to be racist it's, <laughs> there's a episode where the plot is samantha dates a black guy and that's Woof. the plot <laughs> Woof. Yeah. How unusual of I know. me. It's so, oh God. Imagine you're putting that on like the writer's room dry yes. erase board and like everyone's like, really? We're going to do an episode just about dating <laughs> a black? Not about like the cultural mores that come into play when hanging out. And no, it's just about having a black boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. And in that episode is the only one where women get into a fist fight. One of them being a black woman. And that episode you watch with like a pillow over your face because you're like, this is so horrifying and stupid and oh, racist man. and awful. Yeah, I'm wondering rewatching it how much of that w- will come up. Yeah. You'll 
if you watch it now, and they're constantly going like, "We got to go to the Twin Towers." It's like, "Let's go play in the Twin Towers." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I think there are weapons of mass destruction. (laughs) That'd be really fun, like pre nine eleven Sex in the City. (laughs) Yeah, it took on a different tone. Yeah, it was weird when Charlotte joins the Navy SEALs to go. <laughs> but she was so good at it. <laughs> she sets her mind to it and she can do it. Yes. Um, Catherine Spires, thank you for coming on High and Mighty. Thank Tell you Tell us a little me. bit about Smart Mouth, your podcast. My podcast, Smart Mouth, two words, is a food history podcast. Um, and I have the guests tell me what their favorite food is ahead of time. I do the research. I have facts. And the guests always tell stories like about their childhood that they've never told publicly before. I get a lot of secrets <laughs> on that show. Uh, food will do it to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just opens people right up. Um, so that has an Instagram at Smart Mouth Podcast. And I'm Catherine Spires or Catherine underscore Spires on Instagram. And uh, anything else you want to plug, Catherine? Um, no. You'll, you'll have already been performing. I will in. have already done my live show in Portland. <laughs> yeah, this episode comes out in 2024. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> when the Sex and the City reboot hits. I'm, I'm holding off to get those clicks. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, no, just like subscribe to my podcast. That would be great. Yeah, subscribe to Catherine's podcast. If you're listening to this podcast... Maybe start with my episode of Catherine's podcast because maybe this is you're here for listening to me. Jump over there. Yeah. Then you'll listen to tons of Spires episodes, yeah. tons of Smart Mouth episodes. As always, I'm at Gabrus on all social medias. Check out Action Boys podcast and Raised by TV, which will be coming back soon. Ooh, spoiler. I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell you that. Who cares? You're not still <laughs> listening to the podcast <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>